I'd like for you to turn with me this morning. I want to try to get into our lesson this morning, and we want to turn to 2 Samuel, the 15th chapter, and I want to make a few remarks as we turn there. Uh, also, I'm not going to try to cover that entire chapter. Uh, there's a point that I want to make, or a particular point that I want to emphasize this morning. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn to 2 Samuel, the 15th chapter, uh, I want to look at the 30th verse as we begin our study this morning. And uh, this morning I have a title. We're going to talk about a weeping king. And uh, my point this morning, or what I want to, us to consider this morning, is why is David the king? Why is he weeping? You know, we think about David for a minute. You know, David faced, uh, as a young man, he faced a lion, he faced a bear, he, uh, he slew Goliath. You know, later he was a great military leader. You know, the people said Saul had killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. You know, so what makes, in this particular chapter, we see David, and, and he's weeping here. And if you look down in verse 30, I want to read that particular verse, and then we'll look at some other things through the text as well. But in verse 30, it says, And David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olivet and wept as he went up and had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered the, every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. You know, as we read this story, and I think probably most of you are probably familiar with this chapter, but I want to talk a little bit about what's happening here and, and, uh, and discuss what is it that's causing David to weep. Let's look back in the, uh, in the beginning of this chapter. I want to read uh, about the first six verses here. It says, It came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right. But there is no man deputed of the kings to hear thee. And Absalom said, Moreover, O oh, that I were made judge in the land, and that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. You know, as we think about this, Absalom is the son of David. And Absalom's really trying to overthrow the kingdom. Absalom has got his 50 men with chariots running before him. He's set up shop there, and his people are coming by, and they want to, 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 to uh, have judgment made. Absalom is telling them that if, you know, if I were here, if I could do this, it would be right. You would see, receive justice. And, and uh, what Absalom is doing is, is he's attempting to overthrow the kingdom of David. In this story, and there are people that we're not going to mention everything in this story, but, you know, David has fled, has fled Jerusalem. And we read he's fleeing Jerusalem. He's fleeing barefoot. 
his head is covered, and he's weeping. And so I want to think for just a minute, uh, obviously as we read this text, one of the things that would certainly make David weep is he's got a son that's rebellious, and the son is rebelling against uh, his father's kingdom. He's trying to overthrow his kingdom. Certainly this would cause uh, some weeping on David's part. Not only that, in the story, there's also a man mentioned by the name of Ahithophel. Ahithophel was the grandfather to Bathsheba. He was also a counselor to David, and he was also, you know, he was sort of David's advisor. And he's become a traitor. He's, he's sided with Absalom, and he's, he's involved in, in the overthrow of the government here. You know, this is a terrible thing, you know, to think that your son would betray you in such a way. And Ahithophel, who is the grandfather to Bathsheba and an advisor to, to David, he also has turned on David, and he's taken sides with Absalom. And so I wonder, how does David feel in such a situation as this? And I don't really think we have to wonder too much. There are some indications. The Bible gives us some examples of just how David feels. If you look at the book of Psalms, we're going to look at uh, Psalms 55, verses 4 through 8. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terror of death are fallen upon me. Fear, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Salah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. You know, I can just see David and, and the way he feels and, and the why he's weeping and why he's, why he's barefoot and, and why he's, you know, these are all signs of mourning. And he says here, if, if I could be like, if I had the wings like a dove, and I could fly away. Then in Psalms, the third chapter, we'll read the first three verses in the third chapter of Psalms as well. Our Lord, or excuse me, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Salah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. And one more verse in Psalms chapter 41 in verse 9. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his head against me. You know, Absalom, Ahithophel, probably others, had sat at David's table, had ate David's bread, had been his friend, had been his advisor, had been his counselor, yet they've betrayed him. And so I see, as we look at this text, plenty of reasons for David to be weeping. One of the things I think David is weeping over, and we can see evidence of it, he's weeping over the condition of his government. You know, there's division. In, in our text, in 2 Samuel 15, in the 6th verse, it says, on, the manner did, on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. There's division in his kingdom. Not only is there division, there's deceit. In 2 Samuel 15 and verse 7, And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, 
I pray thee, let me go and pay my vows, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. You know, that this is a, Absalom comes to David and says, I've, I've got a vow, or I've made a vow, and I need to go and I need to, to, to pay my dues to the vow. You know, it doesn't seem that there's any indication that, that he really had this vow or he really had made this vow, but rather it was a deceitful thing. So Absalom goes off, and during this time, he develops a, a following. He develops a people that will, will rise up against David and will help him overthrow the kingdom. So we have division, we have deceit, there's a conspiracy, 2 Samuel 15 and verse 12. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gionite, David's counselor from his, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifice, and the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased increase continue with Absalom. You know, in this chapter, in this, uh, the, this uh, event, you've got uh, division, you've got deceit, you've got conspiracy, you have rebellion. Certainly David would weep over all these things. But I want to ask the question this morning, you know, we look at our country, do we have the same things? Do we have division in our country today? You know, you think about what's happening in our government today. You know, we have people who not only want to have abortion, they want to have infanticide, and not only do they want to have it, they applaud it. They, they, it's something they, they relish. You know, we have people in our government today that want to change what the Bible says is the definition of marriage. The Bible tells us that marriage is between one man and one woman. But that's not what people in our government, or many people, and I don't mean to say all of them, but, but we see a division in our government. We see people that are divided over all kinds of things. We're divided over what is a marriage. We're divided over uh, the rights of women, or the, the rights of a, an unborn child. Uh, we have conspiracy in our governments. We have, you know, how many times have we heard the collusion and all these different things that we hear about all the time? You know, our government is certainly divided. We certainly have some division. We have some of the same things that David dealt with. I want to ask the question, do we weep over that? Does it concern us? Is it something that would make us weep? Certainly it should. You know, I think about the prophets. Jeremiah was referred to as a weeping prophet because he, he wept over the sins of Israel. We should weep over the sins of our country. We should weep over the condition of our country. Sometimes these things creep into our churches even. And certainly we should weep when that happens or if that should happen. You know, as we look at this text, we see this king weeping. I want to suggest to you also that David might also be weeping because of a tragic family history. Think about uh, David's family. You know, we go back uh, to the prophet Nathan. We think about the story of uh, David and Bathsheba. We, we know that story and you know, David has, has commits adultery with Bathsheba, and then Nathan the prophet comes to him, and he begins to tell him a story. And he tells him a story about one man that has plenty and another man that's got one small lamb. And the man that has plenty takes the, the other man's one only lamb and slays it. 
And he tells this story to David, and David's angry about it. And so Nathan says, well, what do we do about this? And David says, well, this man, shall, he should restore that lamb four times. Not only that, he should be put to death. Then Nathan looked at David and said, thou art the man. Woo. You know that stung? You know, we think about David, and if we back up to... Uh, the second Samuel, the 15th chapter, the 12th verse. Excuse me. The 12th chapter. In verse 10, second Samuel 12, verse 10. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Nathan says to David, the sword's never going to depart from your house. Do you think that happened? You know, I think we hear that phrase sometimes, what goes around comes around. David's family history is very tragic. You know, we look back at the family of David. He had one son named Ammon who raped his sister. His sister's named Tamar. Then Absalom because of the anger, his anger, he has Ammon killed. Then we think about David's infant child by Bathsheba that died very shortly. Absalom later, in our story, if you continue reading what we're talking about this morning, Absalom later is killed by Joab. And then another son, another son, Adonai, Solomon, another son by Bathsheba, has him executed. We're trying to overthrow his kingdom. You know, we think about the life of David, and if you thought about his family history, you know, as great a man as he was, and as great many things he did, man, what a tragic family life. You know, the question comes, how did David feel about his family history? I want to look at 2 Samuel, the 18th chapter, we're going to read verse 33. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept as he went. Thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God that I had died for thee, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And then in the 19th chapter, and it was told to Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. You know, so we certainly can see, even though Absalom was a rebellious son, Absalom tries to overthrow the kingdom of David. David was certainly weeping over the death of Absalom. You know, the question might come, and not only, you know, we also know that David wept over the, the uh, unborn child, or the, the infant child, rather, of, of Bathsheba. You remember the Bible tells us that David laid prostrate on the ground and wept. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't talk to anybody. David had a lot of tragedies in his life, and he wept over these tragedies. But the question might come, where did David go wrong? What, what happened in David's life? I want to turn to 2 Samuel, the third chapter. There's a genealogy here, and we might think of it as, you know, just another 
genealogy, but there's some things that I think we can learn from this. In 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, And unto David were sons born in Hebron, and his firstborn was Ammon of Ahinanam, the Jezreelitist, and his second, Shelah of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, and the third, Absalom, the son of Micaiah, the daughter of Talmar, king of Geshur, and the fourth, Adonai, the son of Haggith, and the fifth, Shephatiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ethereum, by Eglah, David's wife. These were born to, these were, were born to, to David in Hebron. You know, in that text, we have six wives and six sons. If we think back, David's first wife, Michael, and then Bathsheba, we know that David had at least eight wives. In our story here, as David flees Jerusalem, he leaves behind in, in Jerusalem uh, ten concubines. So David had multiple wives. We don't know how many, but we know at least that many. He has multiple concubines. We, we know that there was ten that was left. There was no doubt more. He had no doubt other children besides the children that are mentioned here. You know, where David went wrong, here's one area. You know, the Bible said in Deuteronomy 17 and 17 about a king that he should not take upon himself many wives. And it qualifies that in saying that they should not turn him away or not turn his heart away from God. David made a lot of mistakes, and that was certainly one of them. He let his wives turn his heart away from God. And his son Solomon later did the same thing. You know, as I think about these things, I think about our own families. You ever weep over the sins of your family? You ever weep over the sins of things that have been committed? Maybe that you personally have committed or, or family members have committed? Things that, were, that went wrong in your family life? You know, I think we, we all have things in our family that, that we're not fond of, things that we don't like to talk about. I remember as a young boy, uh, my sister can tell you, that we used to go up to Seymour, Seymour, Texas. Uh, I had cousins there, and, and they were being raised by elderly great, our great-grandparents. Why? Because parents wouldn't take care of their responsibilities. You know, we have people in our families and I'm not talking about those that are with me today necessarily, but we have family members. You know what's happened in our family? There's, there's been alcoholism. There's been drug addiction. There's been uh, adultery. There's been uh, marriages that have been broken up, divorce. You know what, I, I suspect that if we look around in all of our families, we probably all have very similar things that have happened. We have in our family, uh, one of the first funerals I can remember going to was, was the, a small infant of my uncle's. Later on, my sister here, we, we, toddler, we did his funeral, my, my nephew's little boy. You know, we've had tragic things that have happened in our family. Our mom and dad were killed by a drunk driver. Tragic things that have happened in our family. I suspect you've had some of the very same things. You've had things that have happened in your family that you're not fond of, you don't like to talk about, but you know they're there. You've had tragedies. You weep over those things. 
Have you wept about them? David certainly could look back at his life. He could certainly weep over the things that had happened to him. So David wept, I think, obviously because of the condition of his kingdom. He wept because of the condition of his family life. And then lastly, I want to think that David probably was weeping because of the sins of his own life. You know, David certainly, as we've talked about already, was guilty of sin. You know, as I think about that, and we could do, and David could have, David could look at the thing, things that had happened in his life, and he could blame Absalom. He could blame Ahithophel. He could blame those men that sided with Absalom. He could blame God. He could blame all sorts of things and all kinds of people. But David recognized that it was his own sin that had brought about the conditions of his life. I want to turn to Psalms chapter 51 and verse 3. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to the loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Sometimes we blame other people. Sometimes we find things in our lives that are not right. and We begin to point our fingers at other people and say, well, it's because of this one or because of that one or because of this problem or that problem. You know, ultimately we have to recognize that we're responsible for ourselves. And David certainly did that. David can continue to hide out in the mountains or he could reclaim his kingdom. You read the story, David eventually... the. Absalom was, was killed and David went back to Jerusalem and later we read about David as being a man after God's own heart. You know, we think about David when he went to the Mount of Olivet. He went up weeping. He went with his head covered, barefoot, fleeing from his enemies. I want to tell you about another individual that went up to the Mount of Olives. And he went up to pray for his enemies. The Bible tells us that he prayed and his sweat was as drops of blood. Jesus certainly wept over the sins of his enemies. Jesus certainly wept for some of the things that you and I are guilty of. You know, we weren't there to see him crucified. We weren't there to see the nails pierced through his hands and through his feet. But Jesus went there weeping and pleading for you and I. He went to Calvary. You know, David's head was, was, was covered. It doesn't say what it was covered with, but he had some sort of covering. You know, Jesus' head was covered as well with a crown of thorns. David was barefoot. Jesus feet were pierced through with nails and his hands pierced through with nails David feared death by his enemies Jesus gave his life for his enemies Jesus suffered shame reproach, pain, humiliation all these things for his enemies and as I said David eventually recognized 
his sin. He returned back, returned to his kingdom, later became a man known after God's own heart. You know, when Jesus went up to, the, to Calvary, and after that, he made, those sacrifice, made that sacrifice for you and I, not only for us today, but for those, if you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, I want to read something in the second chapter. You know, these individuals that Peter's preaching to and talking about in Acts chapter 2 were people who had, who had been there, who were witnesses to the crucifixion of Jesus. Some maybe had participated in that. Certainly had stood by and let it happen or, or saw it happen. And Peter preached what we refer to as the first gospel sermon. And he says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22 and 23, he says, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. You know, I think back when Nathan spoke to David and Nathan said those words, Thou art the man. How much that must have pierced the heart of David. And now these individuals are standing there and Peter has preached this gospel sermon. Jesus has gone to the cross of Calvary, has been nailed to the cross. He suffered the, the crown of thorns, the nails in his feet, the nails in his hands. The side, pierced, the side pierced with a sword. And now Peter, on this occasion, begins to preach this gospel sermon. And he says, you, by your wicked hands, have crucified the Son of God. I wonder how much that pierced those individuals. And what did they do? It says in verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They've just been told they've crucified the Son of God. They've been told that it was their wicked hands that had put him on the cross. The Bible says they're pricked in their hearts. And they want to know what to do about it. Peter says, in, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, as I think about concluding a sermon, we get to this point in the service, and we want, to, we want people to make decisions. We, you know, you may make a decision here this morning. You may make a decision when you leave. You know, as we look back on the things we've talked about, I want to encourage you to weep over the condition of our country because we're, you know, I, I love this country. We're in a great country, and, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But we've got some things in our, going on in our country that we need to be weeping about. I want us to think about our families. You know, I, I love my family. Uh, I have a wonderful family. I'm Thankful for everyone, for all those that are here and those that are not here with us. We've got great family. 
There's been a lot of tragedy in the family. Been a lot of things in the family that shouldn't be there. Been things that happened that we wish didn't happen. I suspect the same is true in your family. Do you weep about that? Then what about our own sins? You know, we're, the Bible tells us we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know we've sinned. Does it bother us? You know, sometimes people harden their hearts to the point that it doesn't bother them any longer. I hope that it does bother us. I hope that we're concerned about it and that we want to do things, we want to do what's right. 